0: Welcome to the podcast that is all about self-employment. We'll be sharing expertise on getting started, getting noticed, and getting it right, as well as dealing with getting it wrong. Your host, Julia Kermode, will help you get ahead so you get the success you deserve.
1: Welcome to today's podcast. I'm really pleased to have with me Carl Swanepoel and he's founder of Revelancer Marketplace and we're here to talk about online freelance marketplaces. So warm welcome Carl. How are you today? Well thank you
0: very much for having me Julia. I'm, I'm doing very well thanks and yourself?
1: Yeah good. So what I want to do before we get into the online marketplaces I'd like to just understand a bit more about your working background because I think you started freelancing from quite a young age, didn't
0: you? Yes, I, I did. So I started freelancing uh, when I was 14. I joined wow. a couple of the, the platforms at the time and sold uh, web design and graphic design services. And I can't say I was very good at the time, but the prices probably reflected that as well. But it was a great way to to sort of earn some money online as a as a teenager. And that's what then led to my my journey since then, and still being involved in this world.
1: Excellent. So you started with it being kind of a sideline and I guess then from what you're saying, you were a bit of a tech, can I call you a geek? I like geeks. Um, <laughs> I, I always call the the IT people I talk to geeks, but it's a compliment for me. So yeah, is, is that kind of what it started off as then as a sideline?
0: Yes, um, ab- absolutely. So I've always been, been quite interested in technology and, and the internet. And I realized also from quite a young age that I, a traditional nine to five job just wouldn't be for me. So that's why I sort of started thinking, well, I need to create some kind of an income for myself. Probably it was quite an early age to decide that relatively speaking, but I'm glad I did because it, you know, it led to a, a huge amount of experience gained and it ultimately led to you know, founding a business that's solving the problems that, that I had at the beginning. But yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and that's that's quite interesting. So you kind of say from an early age, you knew you didn't want a nine to five. Just briefly, why was that? What put you off kind of a, a more traditional job, if you like? I mean, I'm a big, big fan of freelancing, obviously. So, um, so yeah, te- tell us what drew you into that way of working?
0: How I decided at the time, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> um, the, what, I've, what I've observed since then, so going for work experience, sort of being more more exposed to to not, you know, the nine to five work environment has absolutely reaffirmed that decision I, I came to back then. Mm-hmm. But I think what it really comes down to is, is I think I'd make a very bad employee.
1: Oh, no. Um, oh, don't say that. <laughs> do you know i sometimes think the same about me as as well you know sometimes um you you just get used to doing things your way um and and yeah I, i i kind of know what you mean i personally have never worked for any big corporations and and i don't think i ever would because I don't think I would fit anyway. <laughs> enough about me. So you started working through a platform. Now, what, what was what was that like in terms of did, did it suit the way you worked? Um, how, how was it?
0: Well, you know with, without naming any any particular platforms mm. and just talking about what's kind of the standard in the industry, yeah. what I found is is oftentimes as a new freelancer, it was very hard to get started on these platforms. In general, there isn't, or at least wasn't then, and still to a very large degree, is not very good quality control. So in in, in other words, you, what I found is, is people would sort of create accounts, create lots of different listings, you know, would not really put a lot of time and effort into them, maybe steal some images from elsewhere and sort of flood out, you know, anybody who's kind of starting out on the, on the platform. So on the one hand, it was very hard to get started. And then when I did get some clients, these platforms would take a very large cut of my earnings. So uh, the industry standard was then and still is at around 20%. And uh, and the, the final problem was with clients who wanted to, you know, hire me again and kind of do repeat business mm-hmm. or talk about a project in, in more detail. You were and still are not on many of these platforms Um, you are not allowed to contact them outside of the platform. So you, you can only write messages on, on the platform. You can't even have a phone call or a video call. And the reason this is done is so that the commission fee, mm-hmm. you know, the, the previously mentioned 20% commission fee can be enforced. Because if, you know, if I'm a freelancer and you're my client and we, we work together a Few times, and then um, you decide. Oh, you know, you could maybe pay me ten percent less, and I get ten percent more. And we want to talk off of platform. That's you know what these platforms want to want to avoid because that's how they make their money.
1: And so, actually, it's really quite restrictive for you, the freelancer, trying to build your business, isn't it? Because that means that you don't have that freedom to to do what businesses do. And I presume there are ways that they must prevent. Well, obviously, they they have the rules in place. I mean, you know, and. I wouldn't suggest that you, <laughs> that you would have broken any rules, but I mean, how, how would they, how do they police that then? How do they know?
0: They have a, uh, you know, an, uh, an algorithm that basically looks for, if you try and write an email address or put in a zoom link or a phone number or something like that, and that flags up and it probably uh, gets censored out, uh, but either way, oh. their support team will kind of be alerted to, to deal with it. Um, I, I actually heard that one of the one of the big platforms, again, I'm not going to say which, but yeah. one, one of the big platforms um, has started fining people if they catch them trying to
1: wow. exchange
0: contact details. Um, so they will just, you know, invoice you for £200 or something like that. And I suppose if you don't pay it, um, well, they'll probably still follow up, but they'll, they'll kick you off the platform. And especially now with the way we do remote work, sort of post COVID, mm-hmm. and video calling is a very uh, common thing. And also, if you're um, if you're like hiring a freelancer to design a website, for example, um, yeah. I, I mean personally, I find that oftentimes it's easier to hop on a call and just
1: yeah. talk yeah. about
0: it, ask a few questions, brainstorm together, rather than just writing messages back back and forth. Yeah. So. I just don't feel that is compatible anymore with the way we work. Even then I thought it was not compatible with working remotely, but especially now it's it's just, it's uh, not, not how the modern world should work
1: yeah you you're so right because so much that we do is face to face online and actually it's weird to now work with someone who you don't see and have one of these video calls with at the outset so i mean i i i engage people to do bits and pieces for for iWork, and and i wouldn't do i wouldn't imagine myself working with someone who i hadn't met online so i can understand an introductory kind of fee and the the first piece of work you do with a client being online and being restricted and say 20% or whatever the commission structure is. But once you've had that introduction through that platform, I think there's then an argument to say you've created that relationship and that's now your relationship, but it seems that these platforms want to own that relationship for themselves, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And obviously as the uh, as the founder of a freelancing platform, um, mm. you know there, there is a you know it's absolutely not free to run a platform like like <laughs> that, so they, you know we we do need to make money. Yeah. but I think that there's a different way how to make that money. so so for example, as you quite rightly pointed out, um, the way that these a lot of these existing platforms make their money is by essentially owning that relationship and then mm. taking 20% of every transaction, which I think is wildly higher than it should be, even yeah. given that model. But that's that's just my opinion. But what I think where the, the future is and what we're looking to do is sort of charging a monthly subscription fee basically to get new clients. But the relationship okay. that the freelancer develops with that client is their relationship with the client. You know, they can... Talk on the platform, pay on the platform, uh, talk off platform, pay off platform, never use the platform again, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's how, how I feel it should be. So these platforms should be about helping freelancers get clients, not kind of um, locking them in on the platform and then taking a, a hefty cut of every single Piece of work yeah. goes
1: on. Yeah, it, it does seem unfair. And it's good to know that, that there is another way. And I suppose just thinking off the top of my head, if you were doing lots of different pieces of work for lots of different clients then then maybe that commission structure would work but would not when you've got ongoing work i i just think it's it's a totally different kind of way of working isn't it
0: yes absolutely oftentimes you know and i've experienced this as a as a client of freelancers as a freelancer myself Mm -hmm. you know if the freelancer does a good job there's a good chance the client will come back because you know to find a freelancer to establish that relationship to find someone you trust does take some time and some effort so when you've found someone that you know you can work really well with you'll want to keep working with them yeah so that's i mean that's absolutely how how it works and i i suppose that that's also what makes some of these existing platforms make a lot of money by kind of taking advantage of the repeat business yeah
1: Something you said earlier when we first started our chat was around the kind of fees that you were charging as a freelancer back in those days when you were starting. And, and you you were saying something about the, them not being massively high fees. And I have heard it said that some of these platforms can be a race to the bottom and that in order to, to get the clients, you find yourself charging less and less than, than perhaps you'd want to. Was, was that your experience? I mean, what what, what was that side of things like for you?
0: It was absolutely. And beyond just my own experience, it's also been the experience of many, many, many freelancers that okay. we, we have spoken to um, as, as a business now. And it's true. It's it's very much the case that the the culture on some of these platforms from the client perspective is all about how can I get it done for the cheapest, yeah. but not, not sort of how can I get it done well within <laughs> my budget? Yeah, know? Um, So if somebody can undercut someone else, then uh, well, but I mean, it's also it's sort of incentivized almost by by some of these platforms, you know, by automatically showing the lower prices higher and and and, and things like that. So, I mean, to to a degree, this is an issue that is quite difficult to solve. You know, Mm -hmm. I'd like to think we're we're doing a pretty good job at it. We're we're certainly doing a lot more than some other platforms yeah. i've seen yeah um but it is an, an ongoing issue um but unfortunately um you, you know in in general in the industry it, it needs to be uh, Im- improved such that freelancers who uh, you know freelancers are more judged based on the quality of exactly. their work and wh- if they're within the budget range rather than if they are the lowest possible bidder because oftentimes, I mean, you know, there's that, that great saying, you get what you pay for. If you exactly. hire someone who, who charges a very low amount, I mean, it could be that they do very good work, but yeah. it could also be that they don't do very good work. And at that point, I mean, do you really have a right to complain if you're paying <laughs> if far you're less playing, than what the yeah. work is worth? <laughs> You know, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's so difficult because then those platforms are not working in the best interest of the freelancers, the people who they're profiting from. And you know, there's nothing wrong with 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 profiting from that because that's the, that's the whole reason that that the platforms exist. But I do think actually that clients need to change their outlook as well. And I I've, I kind of think about this quite often actually because there's this whole thing of freelancers valuing their work and their experience and their skills and I think generally just my opinion that people undervalue themselves and actually these platforms then if they're showing the the cheapest price first or or prioritizing that they are really just making that situation even worse and there's this whole population of workers then who are potentially being exploited I know that's a strong word and the ridiculous thing is it's their own choice to be exploited I guess but if you need work you've got to pitch to get it am I being dramatic Carl
0: (laughs) no I I agree with that word i agree absolutely that people are being exploited but i also think that oftentimes unfortunately they, there just isn't really a better option if you're starting out mm-hmm. because if you're just sort of approaching clients but you don't have a big portfolio you know you don't have a big you know large kind of track record and reviews it is very hard to get clients if you're yeah. sort of starting out by yourself so the natural reaction, or, or you know, the natural path, then is to go for one of these platforms. Yeah, yeah. But there are many freelancers who refuse to go on these platforms, and I'm very grateful to say that uh, many of them are on our platform because Good. we we solve we solve these problems in in a way that they're that they're satisfied with. Yeah. But it's it 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 is. It really is exploitation, because with a two-sided marketplace, and, and um, one of our advisors uh, is the, the founding chief marketing officer of Just Eat, uh, and okay. that's obviously yeah. also yeah. a two-sided marketplace, mm-hmm. and essentially with any two-sided marketplace business, you have to decide which kind of side of the marketplace you prioritize. Yep. And there are examples where supply side is prioritized and demand side is prioritized. Like, for example, Rightmove prioritizes yep. the supply side. They prioritize the estate agents. So essentially okay. their philosophy is if they make a platform that's really, really good for estate agents to use, all of the best properties will be listed on there and then ultimately becomes the best portal for the clients. I see. Unfortunately, for a very long time, many of these big, big platforms that we all know about they have come at it from the perspective of we prioritize the clients at the expense of the freelancers Mm. but we're coming at it from the right move perspective of if we can make a platform that is fair to freelancers treats them right yeah and gets them clients and you know it's a platform that they like are passionate about and want to use ultimately that's going to be by far the most appealing platform for clients because they get the best quality freelancers the best experience and that's our philosophy. And, and for a long time, you know, and many of these big, big platforms have the have the opposite philosophy. So they, they will prioritize the clients, prioritize the clients um, getting the lowest price possible, uh, potentially, you know, exploiting freelancers at times yeah. um, just to to get the cheapest price. Um, and they, then they take 20 percent as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's true, actually. So not only are people potentially undervaluing their services, but of course, they, there's that commission element as well. When did you set up your business? And, you know, I, we know the motivation for doing it because it's from your experience that you've outlined, but how how long have you been going and, and how how is it?
0: Sure. So, um, I, I mean, I came up with the idea for the platform very early last year in January. Okay. I I then started the business. Um, entered a startup competition at my university because I was in my final wow, year at the great. time. Yeah, I was um, fortunate enough to win both of the main fund prizes. Used that to, to kind of get started. And we launched the platform in in August of last year. So it's been live for nearly a year now.
1: Wow, that's absolutely fantastic. So you're, you're still obviously a, a young business, which I guess gives you maybe a bit more agility. Because you've come up through the platform side yourself, you know exactly what works for you as a freelancer. So you can translate that directly into the business, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and um, you know, and what you said about being agile is absolutely right. So, for example, when we started out, we were charging a commission fee, but it was much mm-hmm. lower. And we were also looking to basically make sure that communication stays on the platform. So we had a filter that would see, you know, if people were sending Zoom links or email addresses or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in our beta testing period, we had the filter kind of flag up when it happened. But then we decided, let's not stop it. Let's just see what happens, you know, right. see yeah. what yeah. people and lots of people were sending Zoom links. So we noticed there was a big demand for getting on a video call. We didn't stop it. We just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of observe what happens. But then, you know, because we're a startup, we could just kind of decide at one point that commissions really aren't unfair, trying to stop people from communicating just isn't fair. It's just going mm-hmm. to cause a lot of friction. So therefore, we scrapped commission fees completely and let people talk on Zoom you know, so that's something that that we could just suddenly decide to do something that I'm very glad we did. Uh, yeah. But if we were a much bigger platform, that would obviously be a much, much, much more difficult yeah. kind of a decision.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think as well as the, the platform, you've got a magazine as well. Have, have I got that right?
0: Yes, we do. Uh, so we have a magazine where we a couple of times a week publish content uh, completely for free um mm-hmm. that w- is hopefully of some value to freelancers
1: yeah it's funny um there's always stuff going on um <laughs> you know that, that's of, of relevance i mean i, I have a weekly newsletter that, that that i do and every week i've got oh i don't know say five five different things that are kind of current affairs that, you know, people need to know about. And I guess from your perspective, being a platform, you've got people engaging with it from all around the world. So, like, I focus mm-hmm. on UK stuff, but I guess you've got that overview. You're not restricted in, in the same way even, I don't suppose.
0: Well, I mean, we yeah, we're very lucky to, to have a community of freelancers from, from all around the world. And we have Fantastic. a very lar- large um, kind of cohort of, of UK-based freelancers, but we also have a lot from from America, from from India, uh, from Australia and Canada as well.
1: Brilliant. And just on that, actually, do you find things vary um, internationally? So um, I, I, I I, don't know. I, I'm just guessing people's um, maybe pricing might vary or client expectations or, or anything like that. What, what's your kind of take on on the international side?
0: It's a very good question. And I suppose to a degree, um, I, I mean, you know, Price, price parity a—it definitely plays a part because, mm-hmm. for example, in, in India, a teacher would probably earn about 10% or so of what the, the typical teacher in the UK would. So obviously yeah, the, the cost of living is significantly lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, on the other hand, what we've found is oftentimes clients um, will prefer to work with freelancers who are based in the, in the same country that they are. Okay. Um, so we we find it oftentimes that, for example, clients in the UK will want to work with UK freelancers, and there's really been a shift um, in in that direction again. So there's an, another um, large company that I'm, I'm I'm aware of who manufactures uh, scales within supermarkets, and they used to outsource mm-hmm. all of their kind of de- or a lot of their development to Eastern Asia,
1: right? Yeah,
0: and now uh, they they are taking all of their development back again to the UK simply because um, from a communication perspective, time zones, um, Mm -hmm. it just makes makes things easier. Um, So what we have found is, well, if somebody is really looking just to get the job done for the cheapest possible price, then yes, Mm -hmm. perhaps a freelancer from India, given their cost of living, has an advantage over a freelancer who's based in the UK. Um, but if somebody is looking for somebody you know who's based close to them within the same time zone, they can talk talk to uh you know more more frequently, uh, and you know and they're not looking for you know a cheap price but more kind of a price within their budget, which is what mm-hmm. we see most of the time, um, then they may choose to work from somebody um from from the UK. Yeah. So yeah, I mean you you do notice some some trends, um, but in in general I. Wouldn't feel that anybody is particularly advantaged um, over over anyone else.
1: One of the things you said earlier was around some other online platforms which don't necessarily monitor the quality of of the work being done. Is is that something your platform is is involved with with doing? I mean, I'm just thinking from a client side of things. I would obviously, if I was a client, want to know that that I'm getting quality work. So, um, so how how do you kind of do that with yours?
0: Yeah, it's it's a very good question. And well, I'll say, first of all, that quality is is subjective. And it yeah. also comes into, you know, what you're paying. So if you're paying yeah. somebody 10 pounds per hour, and they're a very recent graduate, and they're designing you a logo, it's very normal to expect the quality to be very different from somebody who has 20 years in graphic design, they're charging you 10,000 pounds for, for the logo or something. Yeah. You know, it's very, yeah. very, very, very different situations. So. Really what we care about is making sure that freelancers present themselves and what, what they do properly to clients mm-hmm. so that the clients can make their, their own educated decision. Before a freelancer can start interacting with clients on the platform, they need to have at least one listing and um, checked and manually approved by our team. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially we either approve it or we reject it, but give feedback as well so that they can try again. Um, and basically, we just try and make sure that they give enough examples of what they've done in the past, kind of give a bit of information about their background, as well as exactly what the client can expect um, for the price. So there's no um, ambiguity. So if you're a client, you have a very low budget, you sort of know what you're looking for. But equally, if you have a higher budget and you're expecting a higher level of work, you aren't sort of guessing as to who, who can deliver that. You, you have nice. the information in front of you.
1: Yeah, do you know you're so right. It always comes down to communication and and expectations. And so it sounds it sounds like you know that doesn't necessarily always come through the other platforms that that are out there. But but what you're doing is taking a bit more time and care over nurturing how the freelancers present themselves.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's very important to us, and it's it's uh, solving you know kind of the the, the issue that I had uh, starting out as yeah. well because. What I experienced at the time was that there were many people who were, to some degree, maybe exaggerating what they were capable <laughs> of doing, which is not something that I was comfortable doing. So it yeah. made it harder for me to um, compete against them.
1: Yeah, you were probably penalized by being honest about things and, and others were, as you say, exaggerating. Um, Well, it, it sounds fantastic, actually, what you're doing just name check the, the web address and obviously we'll put all of the details in in the notes that go with this podcast if people want to find you. But yeah, where, where can they find you?
0: Sure. So it's revolancer.com. The name um, R-E-V-O Lancer is like revolution plus freelancer, which we're hoping to play, play <laughs> some part in. <laughs> and you can you can find us there. Um, it's completely free to join. Zero commission fees. You can talk to clients off, off platform. There's no catch other than there are some additional features that you can get for ten pounds per month, but that is is uh, pretty much it.
1: Brilliant! Oh well, it sounds it sounds so exciting. So I'm gonna watch your journey and hope to see stratospheric growth. And and you know because because you're a platform with with ethics. So I've really really enjoyed talking to you today. So thank you so much for joining us, pal. Well,
0: thank you very much for having me, Julia. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to all about self employment, hosted by Julia Kermod. For more information on today's discussion, please visit iwork.co.uk where you can also join our growing community. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, then we would love you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll be back
1: at the same time next week.